The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a twist about it. I just want to share with you, before we begin, that you're in the presence of greatness. According to this email that I received this morning, I am selected as one of the top 10 influential leaders of 2023. Dang, okay. yeah, that's great. Top 10, and it doesn't say, my question, is it the world? Or I is mean, it? I would say the universe. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, it's from Steve Wiggins <laughs> of Iconic Magazine reached out to let me know this great news. All I have to do is pay $900. Worth oh. <laughs> <laughs> it. To be listed on their website and magazine, I guess, printed magazine, which looks as though, the website looks as though it was designed in 2003 or something is it a scam I'm, i hear a lot about those i'm pretty sure it's not because <laughs> i am you are the greatest you greatest. are among the top 10 greatest human beings was that is for sure decided or was it a nomination i mean the, i have been selected oh selected i have okay. been selected got it so you have a spare 900 dollars laying around course. <laughs> I mean, I'm an influence. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'll use my influence to get other people to give me the $900. Listeners, if you have $900 to send to me so that I can be a top 10 influential leader. Well, I am an influential leader. I'm a top 10 influential leader, but I can be publicly acknowledged as the top 10 influential <laughs> leader that I am. Let me know. Right, with her med school and PA school loans and going into that, we'll get on it. Yeah, maybe there's a doctor at the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Pre-meds before you go into debt. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not advocating that any poor pre-meds or medical students or PA students send me $900, but you can go to, there's a donation link on the shortcode.com. Let's go ahead and do that. Is there really? Yeah. Oh, good to know. Somebody's mom once donated. I love that. Sweet. I Give love this man money. He is the greatest. This podcast is amazing. <laughs> fell in love since interview day. Aw, thanks. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news. Fresh views. Helpful clues and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Shortcoat Podcast. It's a show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose. It's a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. With me today in the SCP studio, some med students whose wisdom might make you think that they're not the first year students that they really are, more like second year students. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, hers is a mind shaped by hard lived experiences on the streets. It's M1 Olivia Jenks. Hello. With the power to see the future and reveal hidden truths, it's PA1 Faith Anton. I'll take it. And she's recently arrived from her remote mountaintop where she dispenses her wisdom to weary travelers. It's M1. Katie Choate. All right. <laughs> and we're also lucky to be joined by a person who's taking her break from casting pearls from her high tower torn from the earth's core during the ancient upheaval that shaped the hills. It's our admissions expert, Rachel Shulista. Wow. I thought you were going to stop it. A person who's on her break. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are almost M2s. Almost. And PA2s. 
July 14th. Congratulations. <laughs> you made it through the first year. You look unscathed. We're not. No? We're, <laughs> are you scathed? The scars I'm scathed. on the inside. My, my scars on the outside. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen this face right now? Like, yeah, we tired, but we did it. Okay. It was worth it. Well, first of all, you just hanging around the summer? What are you doing? What's your deal? Well, I know I mean, PAs do things, I think, in the summer, right? Yes. We, starting Monday, have our five-week summer curriculum. Right. So, I will be around all summer. Okay. Yep. What are you not doing during those? What are you doing during those not five weeks? During those, I just got back from Nashville. So, oh. here to say that you can, in fact, have a life when you're in med or PA school. All right. And so go out and have all fun. Right. What are you guys doing over the summer? I'm doing summer research. In? Hepatology, looking at alcoholic liver disease. Okay. Nice. And I'm also doing summer research fellowship in orthopedics. Okay. Did you select these projects because they are compatible with your career aspirations specifically, or is it just an opportunity to get some research? I was advised that you should try to do research in an area that you're like interested in that might be like the most competitive specialty. And so I'm not like totally decided on ortho, yeah. but since it's the most competitive one uh, specialty I'm interested in, that's the one I'm going for. Okay. Mine is in a branch of internal medicine, not the one that I'm gonna go into, but I really like my mentor and it was just a project idea that she had. So I was happy to work with her Sweet. and complete that. Nice. Which okay. one do you want to go into? I want to go into medical oncology. This girl loves cancer, but hates it. We hate it, to be clear. I mean, <laughs> Katie's going to be the one that helps a lot of people. Yeah. Get rid of that cancer for us. Mm -hmm. I'll try my hardest. You have, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you 20 years. Oh, I'd give her less. This girl's going to change the world. <laughs> Both of them are. Okay. <gasps> Uh, I'm proud to know you then. <laughs> Appreciate it. This time of year, I like to ask students to reflect on their experiences for the benefit of those who will be starting med school this fall in just a few short weeks. So, I have a few categories of things to think about. First of all, how has the first year of medical school changed you or your worldview if, if it has? But has it changed you, do you feel like? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's been the best thing to happen in my life, like PA school. But I mean, here at Carver, the PA students take all of our classes with the med students. So Yeah, you guys uh, are at the moment equivalent. I yes, think, in yes, terms of yes which has been the biggest blessing, I think, because I like... I have best friends that are both PAs and med students. And sure, we learn a lot in the classroom, but I've learned so much from my peers and just about humanity in general and learning how to talk, learning how to empathize better with all kinds of different humans, different backgrounds. So, I want to take that up because a lot of times I hear empathy is something that you can't learn, that you just have. What do you what do you think of that? How do you react, guys react? To uh, yeah, it's it can be taught. It can be practiced. And if anything, if someone doesn't actually feel empathy, they can learn how to fake it, which at the end of the day, that's kind of, you just want the other person to feel heard. Empathy is something that I just have to my own detriment sometimes. But yeah, what do you guys think? I think throughout life, like you have these experiences sometimes that put you in a situation where you can empathize with others. 
not everyone's life is the same. You don't go through the same stuff, but the older you get, you know, the harder the life may become. You can pick up some of those traits that will help propel you with empathy, especially in med school. And they do in class also, like we do go through things where, you know, we learn different scenarios and like, hopefully if you're going into medicine, you're doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, empathy comes with some of that stuff. Are we talking about like feeling the pain of other people or understanding where they're coming from because there's these two weird definitions of empathy that I think are related but not. I know because I think the actual definition of empathy is truly feeling that pain but I think more so in medicine we're going to meet like a lot of people and be exposed to a lot of different things and you can't possibly feel that with everyone but you can certainly try and understand where they're coming from use your own experiences to relate to or not just hear them out. I mean, I think the vast majority of our patients are going through something that we've never been through before. Mm -hmm. So at least like, I feel like everyone tries to find ways to at least relate to someone or like sort of have some understanding of what they're going through. And sometimes maybe we just need to coach that to come out a little bit to show it to the patient or practice, you know, what you're going to say. There's been a lot of times in our like practice sessions where I've said something and just gone like, oh, that was completely the wrong thing to say. Well, now you got to give us an example. Oh boy. Oh, I don't, uh, I don't know any particulars. Good one it just, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so we have a class called patient communication skills and this will stick with me forever. So <laughs> one of my classmates, we were doing a practice very first semester and he liked to say, okay, perfect with everything. Mm. And if he's listening, he's going to know who I'm talking about. And our... Said with love, we've all made mistakes. Don't worry. (laughs) What's this this person's specific name? Oh, Oh, I don't know if I can (laughs) do that. But I, listening, we've joked about this, like our whole little Mm. group has joked about this. Okay, perfect. But we've actually started to inadvertently pick up. Okay, perfect. Or, oh, good. That's nice. (laughs) Like... They'll be like, oh, so I'm coming. Or what brings you here today? Oh, I have this really intense abdominal pain. Haven't been able to eat. Okay, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) The one I found myself saying, I suppose, was when someone tells you something and you like it's like clinically interesting, but obviously a terrible condition and you go like, oh, cool. (laughs) Oh, I've done that too. (laughs) You just have to train yourself to say like, interesting or like something like that instead of cool because yeah like it's not to them i once was very sick in the hospital and i do remember receiving many visits from medical students not around here i was in another state from medical students and other and residents who were extremely interested in me <laughs> and i was like all right at least this is breaking up my day <laughs> But you could tell they were like, <laughs> I've been in that scenario too. And I don't mind being a patient. So I was like, sure, you do all sorts of scans and whatnot on me to figure it out. But yeah. it is interesting to, yep, yeah. medical practitioners do that. We're strange. Yes, yeah. very odd human beings. It's all right. Somebody's got to love gotta, weird. Yeah, somebody's got to like the weird. weird get out. The weird stuff. <laughs> Did you, ha- have you noticed that you look at the world a little differently now. Sometimes I'll find myself analyzing people's gates yes. when they walk. When they walk. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And I'll be like, "Oh, that person has a foot drop." Yeah, yeah. Or like body habitus, or like looking at like derm conditions that might also link to like some other like endocrine disorder. I'm thinking like Cushing's right now. Yeah. Like it's just, 
I don't know, you do learn how to read people. Because, like, we've also learned that communication is not just speaking. You know, you're reading body language and picking up on the things that they're not saying. So... I just want you to know that if you see me walking down the hallway and I look like I'm walking weird, go ahead and observe it to me. (laughs) I would like to know if you're noticing that I'm- Shuffle your feet. I'm not in med school and I can tell you that. I I shuffle my feet? Yeah. You take very slow, deliberate, nice walks. I'm like, this man, he's enjoying life. He's not in a hurry. He's just- Taking a look around. Okay. Well, what are you doing? Yep, I am Because we're just like right. booking it where we're going. <laughs> I know. We have a, Rachel and I have a colleague who walks really fast. And I'm not like, if we ever try to walk together, which happens rarely, but if we ever try to walk together, it's just a shit show. Because <laughs> their legs are like flashing back and forth and my legs are not. <laughs> well, you asked to go on a walk the other last week. Yes. Remember? And you told me like three times, we're not going that fast. Yeah. We're not we going are, that fast. We're strolling. We're strolling. Yeah. This is leisure. This is not exercise. This is a break from the office. I'm not in a hurry to get back to. Right. Sitting. We love the physical activity. Messing with that spreadsheet that I was messing with. <laughs> yeah. Dave, do you ever push these couches together and take a nap? I. <laughs> caught me. I did once. I have. I do have trouble sleeping sometimes. And so rather than go home and sleep, I might take a 15 minute. Follow up question. Yes. Would you be willing to rent that space out? (laughs) (laughs) You guys have so many couches and places to nap. But they're in public places. They're very public. We need sanctuary. Mm. Give us sanctuary, please, (laughs) for the madness. This studio is always a sanctuary for you. If you want to come and sack out for a minute or two. Bless or up just, or just rant. Or just be, yeah, rant. Therapy. We love therapy. I have, in the distant past, there was at least one medical student who came in here after a hard day, crawled underneath the counter way back into this corner and just like sobbed. <laughs> oh. And I was happy to provide that uh, opportunity for them. For those that don't know, the studio is like literally inside the medical school and a, a minute from where all of our lectures are. Yeah. So... It's convenient. It's not exposed. I can we can close the doors and you can just cry, nap, or cry, <laughs> cry. We laugh you're and then we cry. Like, Sometimes we cry and laugh. You know, <laughs> just how it is. If you're crying, laughing, and nap and nap, <laughs> that's an experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> saved for Fridays at about what noon? <laughs> yeah. After exams, I have a question. Yeah, not for you. Well, for them. <laughs> then stop looking okay. at me. What is something you have either learned or realized during your first year that you have never said to anyone else about ourselves? Sure. About anything. Anything. I want to come up with something like really poignant here, but this is difficult. (laughs) Rachel is a question asker. Rachel is a natural. I'm grooming Rachel to take over the show (laughs) if I ever get hit by a bus or retire. I mean, this is is why you're the admissions expert. Because you have to ask all the questions. Oh, true, true, true. Okay. I think she just likes it. I just like it. I'm not an interviewer. And anyway, I do just like it. I'm naturally inquisitive. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess like I've said something along like these lines before to people. But yeah, but the biggest thing that I have learned about myself and like people that apply to go to med school, PA school, a professional school or graduate school, like most of us are probably going to be like type A 
gunners we are giving it our best shot like and we are expecting the best from ourselves like all the time and like up until you get to a challenging environment like this it challenges you like physically intellectually like emotionally socially it's a it is a learning curve and like first semester i'm not gonna lie like i i like struggled to find balance balance was huge and struggled to find my groove i'd been rocking school up until then and like yeah definitely experienced some failures that were hard to take but i guess through that i learned about myself like one i can't do it alone like got great friends got my family i am a christian so i have that too and you just learn to lean on other people and yourself but yeah, I just learned, give yourself some grace. You're human. You mess up now so you don't mess up later when it really matters with a patient and you learn from your mistakes. Love yeah. it. It's yeah. good. I think that I've learned, it's an odd feeling to still be in school yet be an adult. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. So yes. we go to, you know, we go to class every day. It's the same as, you know, same hours as you did in undergrad. You still have the homework, you still have the exams. But yet, you're an adult. You know, we're 24 through 38. 20, 22. 20, yeah, my bad, sorry. <laughs> I think I'm not even 24 yet, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> my uh, mom, I'm 24. I asked my mom how old I was yesterday, and she's like, 25. I was like, you birthed me. Yeah. Like, where were you? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> this is. I can tell you that this is not an uncommon parenting <laughs> yeah, it's, situation. It's, it's, time flies. <laughs> All right, sorry. No, you're good. good. You're good. And so just like the understanding that even though we are still in school, like we are adults, this is our future. It's, a, I mean, it is a job. You know, we spend all of most, I mean, most of our waking moments learning about medicine, practicing medicine, doing all things medicine. And so just you know, trying to understand the fact that, you know, we're getting older, we're mature, we are moving forward and we're not just because we're taking classes, we're not kids still in school. Yeah. I think that's been tough. Can I ask a tangential question? And then Olivia, we want your answer too, but <laughs> is it challenging seeing your friends or people you know who are not in this type of a program who are like quote unquote progressing through their life how do you manage that that's actually kind of funny that you just said that because that is my boyfriend and i's topic of discussion all the time as i personally struggle with that like all of our non-medicine friends are you know they're growing up they're being adults they're getting married they're having kids you they know have they get money bro- they're not yeah. weekends off they yeah. go on yeah. vacation mm-hmm. and they're not like oh i gotta be back for 8 a.m lecture on monday morning or studying every evening right. or whatever so that is really hard to grasp it and this is something that like i've battled for i guess the entire time we've been here is a lot of my non-medical friends are also like local so just they're like hey do you want to hang out like do you want to just like pop over to Chicago real quick? And I'm like, yeah, I would love to, but no, (laughs) I can't. And so I think it is really hard, but it's also important to maintain those friendships just because they do give you some grounding that's not medical. You can kind of stay tied to the other world. Was Was this a surprise to you or did you get it, but you didn't really know what it meant? I think I expected it. I think a lot of people expect it, but they don't but it was hard to realize what it's actually going to entail, like the actual yeah. feeling yeah. 
of um, like watching everyone else kind of get to grow up and you feel somewhat in limbo and maybe how you're going to react to it right that might be or how much it actually is going to bother you that's true yeah and like to that end like hopefully those that are listening or just it could apply to anyone but to have friends outside of medicine who attempt to understand or actually do understand that like our lives are so much different than theirs and that we can't be the people that they knew like we're still the same but we don't have the time to you know that we used to put in those relationships so that's been hard yeah yeah have you had to reset expectations maybe from your families or or oh absolutely as to what was did how did you negotiate that uh did you just tell people like by the way you're not going to be able to i'm not going to be able to go to that destination wedding or whatever like yeah, well, I actually made a wedding work, which was awesome. I made a good. wedding work? Well, the people here do a really good job of, like, letting you go to mm-hmm. major life events mm-hmm. or, like, even just, like, conferences or events that you're really excited about. I got off for the fall to go to my undergraduate college team's NCAA championship. So, like, they do a pretty good job of trying to find ways to let you be a human while also being kind of a robot in medical school mm-hmm. i think weddings are actually an excused absence if you let yeah, them weddings know are excused ahead of time which i thought was very interesting and we still have to get to olivia i spoke on the phone to so to a friend who goes to a different program and she was explaining their course load what they were having to do and just i mean great stuff right but i was just overwhelmed with like oh my gosh like carver college of medicine cares that we get an excellent education because like that's the end game but like while we're doing it like they really care about our mental well-being which is just i cannot like say enough how special and important that is yeah to feel supported like that by everyone here it's a great culture yeah i'm glad to hear that yay so my thing i didn't know about myself was i always thought that i was a good advocate for myself but i learned that i needed to be a better advocate for myself and use the people and resources that we have here to my advantage i went through like some medical problems in the fall and ended up needing a surgery and so i had to rely a lot on not just like my friends but also the administrators here and i mean anyone who could help and so like I've been in therapy for a really long time. You know, I've been doing like the self-care type things, but just like learning how to interact with the people that seem more scary than they actually are. Give us an example. The deans. I go hang out with the deans. (laughs) Lovely human beings. We we love the deans. (laughs) But scary. Yeah. Dr. Shipley Rahal was the one who convinced me to chop all my hair off. And well, and Kate. Yes, the, the, the two 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 wonderful women who have short hair. Yes, <laughs> yes. I would say like probably half the women here in upper administration have short hair, yeah. and I loved it. And I've been thinking about it for a really long time, but I didn't have the balls to do it. And then, oh my God, literally, Kate, Kate has the has a very similar story about her. Yeah, I know. I heard it because yeah. I was like, "How did you have the balls?" And she said, "I didn't." And my husband chopped them, chopped it off, <laughs> chopped them off. What? <laughs> chopped them hairs. <laughs> so yeah, so I I got her information for her stylist and went to her stylist, and it's Amazing. gone. 
It's great. And she looks and I love amazing. It. I know. Like, I so, can't stop. I, yeah. Honestly. I couldn't either when I first saw Olivia. I was like, oh my gosh. We yeah. had a mini photo shoot. Yeah. We did. But my camera was dead, so we had to use the iPhone. You guys are next. Yeah. Oh, no. Next. No. Uh, I got Rachel, 10 inches chopped off. Rachel, too. Rachel. This is. What did you do it, Rachel? A pixie? Yeah. So. I've never desired it to this point. Oh, okay. That's so good. I have donated my hair several times and I like having short hair. It's been a while since I've done that. It's all right. You but I think about it. But when I do it, I have like four separate haircuts where I work up to it because I'm very brave. <laughs> yeah. <by it>. <laughs> <laughs> and it costs me four times as much. Right, right. Right. Women's haircuts are way too expensive. They are. Yeah. Dave and I have had conversations. He agreed, I think. He agreed on record that I'm going to cut his hair. Oh, my Ooh. goodness. Is Why on true? earth would you agree to that? Actually, I'm just kidding. That's I have an no awesome idea. decision. There's lots of forgiveness. Spontaneity. Because he goes to Great Clips, which there's ah. nothing wrong with Great Clips. <laughs> but it's not a sponsor. No, he doesn't remember <laughs> the name of the girl who cuts his hair. And I said, you got a great haircut last time. What's her name? And he goes, I have no idea. I was like, well, how are you ever going to duplicate this? <laughs> and I said, I could cut your hair. And he's got this curly, curly mop that is I, very... I like the curly mop. But it it's forgiving gorgeous. that it's curly. It's forgiving that it's curly. Like, you don't know I tell how you what, it is. I, I've I want to belabor because I've talked about it on the show before, but... I have had, I have a recurring dream or I had a recurring dream where I had long hair and <laughs> I know it's like, interesting. Why would you we need someone to do research on dreams? Someone figure them out. And so within the, in the past, like, I don't know, year, 18 months, I've just let it kind of usually get much better. I used to have a, basically a buzz cut. How long are we talking? How long? I sometimes shoulder length, like super wavy, like, were you a hippie? No, I mean, this is the point, I think, is that I always, I always had very short hair. It was like, <laughs> and then I don't know, something about, I think something about the pandemic and my, my daughter growing her hair out and all kinds of stuff like made me go, I wonder what that would look like. And then I did it and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, all right. Other times oh, I look at it. Oh, that picture behind you. You did used to have short yeah. hair, didn't you? Even shorter than that. Wow. That, that's basically like, that used to be the old, like the old version of Dave hasn't gone to the, to get a haircut in a while. All right. Yeah. Anyway, point is, do something different with your hair. It's very freeing. Yeah. Yeah. Do Change is good. Yeah. It is. yeah. It feels really good. Yeah. And you never know until you do it. Really. Right. I did have one more comment to make on your question, Rachel, just like okay. the discovery. So like I've always liked being, and also I want to say, I don't normally sound like a cow, but I have lost my voice. Sorry. My brother told me I sound like a dang cow. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I do because I don't usually have this low of a voice. All right. she, um, her parents live on a farm, so it makes sense. Yes. Okay, have cows. Right. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't know from cows. Her bull is named Raul. Olivia has lovely photos. If you'd like to see them, I have lovely Name photos. Raul. Okay. Anywho, advocacy. So like, how you've changed or how I have changed in PA school is I've always enjoyed being in leadership positions and being able to like help people along the way and lead. Like I don't need to be a huge showy leader or anything. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think I've found while being here that however I've whatever talents or abilities I have, 
like I can also like influence people for the better. And I think I've reflected on that on my drive home, actually, like the 600 miles that I drove and like, I think that I could use it for not good things and to manipulate. (laughs) Totally. I mean, we're human. We have the propensity to be like good or evil, but I really would hope that in my future career that I could use that for like patients or just, I mean, the community in general advocate for PAs, our profession. I mean, we just had HSB 424 just passed like in the state of Iowa, like, which is, I won't go on about that for a long time, but like, that's a big deal when it comes to increasing access to patient care in Iowa, especially rural Iowa. So is that where you can practice on your own and not under the license of a physician? Yes. And that's free. I get the contention over it. I really do. But it's freeing for both the PA because I mean, you have years of practice as a PA and I mean, you know your stuff, you know what you're doing. So it's nice to be able to, you know, go and do that. And then for physicians not to have to constantly be monitoring and signing off on notes and, you know, being financially and legally liable for someone who's not them. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that some of our listeners will probably fall on one side of the the advanced practice providers. <laughs> like I said, it's thing or the other. It's, it's, yeah. No, I mean, we've had discussions on the show about this before and how, you know, it doesn't seem the gist of it was that this whole division, the way it's divided up now doesn't seem all that compelling. I don't want to speak for everybody in the room or even everybody, you know, who listens, but the consensus, at least of the people in the room at the time we had the discussion was it just doesn't seem that important, a distinction. I mean, I understand why Mm -hmm. some people feel. Well, I was also a little different because well, one, I'm pretty sure, doesn't the law require that you have two years under a physician before you can do this independent That was thing? one of the, oh gosh, Olivia, help me with my legal words. Proposed. Pro- like proposed amendments or something yes, like that? Yes, and then like the house, like, oh yeah, it was a proposed, that's the word, thank you. It was, and I think I would check the legal documents again, actually, because I can't remember if that actually ended up passing as part of the bill, but part of me thinks that it didn't. And that's why this is an issue because I could graduate in December 24 and go and do that. But I think you'd be hard pressed to find a PA student that like wants that as a goal. Like if we wanted to go out and practice like on our own right away, we'd be like, we would be a doctor. I don't want that for myself right away. I wouldn't trust myself to do that right away. So I'm going to be competent. We're all going to be competent. My class is brilliant. But you need some time to learn to mature as a clinician. That makes sense. So it's not like a scope creep thing. Like I'm not ever going to say I'm doing what these and these two are like my best friends in med school. Like or about any med student. You don't come out of you don't come out of of any grad school and be like dean of the university. (laughs) It's just not how it works. There's a career path. You know, like okay. I was also a little different. Since a lot of our providers are PAs in Iowa, I'm from Iowa's med program, like they're training with us. And so I feel like this is like a unique setup for most PA schools to I think have. It's the, I feel like it's one of the one only. Of the yeah. only. Right. Yeah. And so the fact that they train with us makes me feel pretty much entirely competent, confident in like how they're going to be as providers in the future. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's unique to Iowa that makes me more inclined to support the bill. And as a rural state. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It can be hard for people to, to find 
you know, a provider. So any sort of provider. Yeah, I could go on about that for a yeah. long time because I hold politics here in my future. <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. World's our oyster. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Our episode today is sponsored by Panacea Financial, a nationwide digital bank built for doctors by doctors. Panacea Financial is designed for medical students and residents as it was founded by two doctors that were financially frustrated during their training. Thousands of doctors have used their PRN personal loan to avoid credit cards and use a better way to cover expenses for residency relocation and other life expenses. Panacea's PRN personal loan does not require a cosign, has no minimum credit score requirement, and has interest rates starting at half of a typical credit card. They also offer a period of no or reduced payments on their PRN personal loan. So I would suggest that you go to panaceafinancial.com slash matchday to learn more about Panacea and get other helpful information about Match Day, residency transition, and how that all works. I think that's a useful thing. Panacea Financial is a division of premise member FDIC. Thanks for the support, Panacea. Let's get back to test. How did you deal with the difficulties and what achievements are you proud of? I mean, I suppose I can start with everything that happened to me this fall. Yeah, your medical yeah. situation. Your, yeah. <laughs> so last June 1st, I had a left hip arthroscopy. So coming into medical school, I was barely walking. Well, okay, I think at, by that point I was walking, but I really couldn't do much of the like athletic stuff that I did in my undergrad yet. And as that was happening, I started having some pretty severe back pain. And along with the advocacy stuff, I knew that it was a pretty severe herniated disc. She had foot drop. She looked like we were walking to like an exam or something. She's like, Faith, watch me walk. Do I have foot drop? Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> yeah. So walking into one of our exams, I realized that it was like pretty bad. And mm -hmm. so then like Tuesday of our Thanksgiving week, I went and had a laminectomy and microdiscectomy. That doesn't sound pleasant. And then couldn't carry more than 10 pounds until the end of December. Okay, and get this. I went and visited her when she was in recovery. She was like still high on whatever they gave you, talking to me like so intelligently about something <laughs> medical. And I was like, how? how? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, it was funny, but I was like kind of expecting like loopy. I don't know. But Olivia Jenks is going to talk about medicine and science. <laughs> Love that. So yeah, she you... came and visited me while I was coming out. Yeah. It was nice. I got her ice chips, you know, I think. If I Maybe ever... I just came up with that in my mind because it's a nice memory. <laughs> if I ever need surgery here and y'all come to visit me, I'm going to institute a no cell phones rule so that I don't end up on YouTube. <laughs> I, have a... I would not do that, Danny. I have this fear that somebody's going to record me and I'll be like, saying insane things <laughs> i want to say insane things well i mean would I, that I've help you be, be one of those weird people move up in the rankings of top 10 most influential people it's a good point you could say something really just like really profound yeah just like rocks the world and just i'm going know. to guess that such an utterance would not happen <laughs> i think i'd be more likely to put myself immediately in the bottom 10 percent <laughs> hey, um, how are you coming out of anesthesia <laughs> oh, honestly, doesn't really like. I think I'm normal ish. I'm allergic to pain meds. Are you med. normal though? No. <laughs> but I'm allergic to pain meds. So oh, I think they just shoot me up with some liquid Tylenol or something and like pretend it's all good. Okay. So I think I'm like in too much pain to like be loopy. 
childbirth will be okay for you then. That's good. Oh, you're, no, no, you're, no, no, You're prepared for, no. for Nick's babies. No. <laughs> <laughs> His 99th percentile head size. Oh, yeah. God. Pain. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> women were amazing. You are in the presence of greatness, sir. Four women. For sure. Absolutely. I'm aware of that. Did you guys have triumphs? Oh, yeah. Sorry. We made it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That is a triumph. I, I don't know. I mean, I could say something lame like doing well on an exam that you worked hard for. Yeah. But I think like, no, I, I mean, like triumphs are, I think, keeping in mind that our time here like at school or time in life is limited and figuring out what you value the most. Because, I mean, I don't know. Why do we start caring about life and about people in our lives and the things we do when our time is actually limited you know like if we're sick and dying for example like to take it I, I don't know i don't know that's when people like really start caring so like i just was like you know time is limited it could be like limited to the next minute i don't know so so you're saying just, care now care yeah, now. care about everything like yeah. prior like figure out what you value and then live for that yeah. and that can be school and a whole bunch I'll of things i'll say faith did a really good job of figuring out her work-life balance yeah, and i wish that i did a better job of that well why what made faith special in her ability to yeah i'm interested olivia what did you observe well so so like you can tear me apart here i don't care <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we have to share a car right, right. <laughs> i mean i think you sort of learned where you were at in school and what you wanted from it and you were able to like find that limit of where you were with studying and like the point where it became not worth the time for it and you definitely found the time to put in like a solid exercise routine and like making yourself good food and like those kinds of things mm -hmm. came first before studying and that's something that i really need to keep working on i have the propensity to just dig my head into my notebook and not come out of it for hours and hours yeah i am i'm glad you did that i mean i feel like as often as i can i tell people to don't just don't come to medical school and just put your head down Oh no, experience it wherever you, listeners, wherever you end up going, whatever you end up doing in life, just embrace all of it. Medicine isn't the only thing. <laughs> Don't just put your head down yeah. and do only medical school. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to, it's going to be torture. I, it may feel like you're relieving some sort of anxiety and I don't know, maybe you are over, over your performance and all that kind of stuff, but you know, consider also doing other things and doing mm -hmm. them purposefully because you know, if you kind of approach this as, you know, I'm going to do these things that are important to me as I have time to do them, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to work out real well. Well, so the other thing too is like in undergrad, there was a point where you were done with your work. In medical school, oh, you point. can find something to work on no matter the time or the place or how much studying you did that week or mm. like even after an exam week, you know, like our exams are on Fridays and most people take that Friday evening just completely off and don't do anything. But it's not like there isn't other material, you know. Yeah, we, you can always keep going. You can always There's keep always going to be another test soon. Right. And so like 
and burnout is real and it is yeah we i think we've avoided that but hearing stories like it's yeah you want to avoid that at all costs Mm -hmm. so So that transition from there being an end to work Mm -hmm. and there being no end to work i think is maybe what trips people up as far as finding that balance is this an internal pressure that you feel to keep working or is it an external pressure you love this question both (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just feel like i do love this yes yes you know why because i asked it i'm just okay Um, one, one of the things that the three of us talk about is like we're not just studying for this exam we're studying to take care of patients and so sometimes it's hard to keep that out of your head and you're like i want to know as much as i can for my patients in the future Mm -hmm. but you also have to understand that like you need to take care of yourself for your patients too because Mm -hmm. if you don't take care of yourself then you're not going to be practicing medicine for your whole life You, you won't you'll get burnt out especially for us like when you we only have two weeks to get through in a whole unit of material. Or yeah. first semester we only had one, we had an yeah. exam every single week. Right. Really you, just, semester. you don't have the time to get lost in something. Like, yes, you can find something very interesting and like want to deep dive it, but like you also have to keep in mind that you still have to get through everything else. Like as much as you would like to understand it in more depth, you do have to kind of reel it back in and be like, okay, we can revisit this later when you do have a little bit more time rather than, you know, spending six hours on one topic. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, so we live in the same apartment complex listeners. If you ever need a place to live in Iowa city, Aspire is amazing. And they're getting like some garden, I think community garden, but anyway, great place. Not a sponsor. Hashtag not sponsor. Sorry, not a sponsor. We've adopted like really, I like the way that us three study together because I mean, can you memorize medical material? Absolutely. You can do that. Is it going to be gone from your brain pretty rapidly after you take the exam? You'd like to think not, but it is. So like we, and actually I'm going to give a shout out to Dr. Sipla here who taught us neurology for a semester. Man is like, Love Sipla. he walks on water for me, honestly. Uh-huh. But he, he said that the best way to learn is like through, it's challenging because passive learning is easy just reading stuff but like talk it through with peers work through problems and like that's what we do and those are like the best exams i've ever taken is like when you actually struggle with the material and like integrate it in your brain somehow make it relate to what else you've learned so i think just a funny sidebar off of that is like we (laughs) to you know, at the end of the school, you kind of get a or the year you get a little loopy and studying becomes hard. <laughs> so we uh, we've taken some topics and just like related it back to our own lives. And I'm mm. gonna tell you, I've never <laughs> will forget gallstones ever. No, nope, no, nope. or ascending cholangitis, acute cholecystitis. <laughs> nope, nope. What was the other biliary colic? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> come up with the stupidest. I feel like there's a lot of stories behind stories oh, this, that. Would, that is that would, not for the recording. That's all right. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, but it does stick. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I think the difference between pre-med or you know, pre-healthcare and, or one of the big differences between pre-healthcare students and medical PA students is that, you know, when you're a medical and PA student, you're surrounded by people who are doing the same thing as you are in your school. Whereas, you know, if you're pre-health or or whatever, you have probably have friends who 
a lot of friends who aren't. And so maybe you feel, I would suspect you feel a little bit more siloed. But when you get to med school, because you're surrounded by all these people, you can live through it together and really sort of work with each other. Mm -hmm. I know you can seek that sort of thing out when you're a pre-med and probably do. But by that same token, comparison is also a bitch. Sorry. Comparison is a thief of joy. <laughs> it is. Just talked about this. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah guard yourself against that because... Yeah. You yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't guard yourself against comparison? No, don't. No, no. <laughs> don't don't compare, compare yourself so. with others. Right. Oh, right. right. For no, no. sure. Okay. So everything that you have learned and taken away from year one, what are some practices or intentions that you are taking with you into the fall? My favorite thing is that on Friday mornings of our exams, everyone sends pictures of their pets in our Oh, that's fantastic. And it's amazing. Glock and Fleck and learning community. Glock and Fleck and learning community. It's amazing. It is. (laughs) It's all for our learning communities put together yes PAs and med students yeah. great time it's hilarious it's literally just our class Ryan Williams if you're listening beer live for that on Fridays <laughs> okay so you're not gonna, an you're, endorsement of excessive alcohol no absolutely not that is not how one like socializing yes relationships yes like go out and socialize but no do not cope with things with easy. substances take it easy uh, okay so you're gonna keep sharing pictures I guess is yeah so saying? we're gonna keep sharing pictures and if we don't then I'm gonna get mad what other practices will you continue, do you think? For me, this is like one of the first things we learned and I think it was CAPS. I have never been surrounded by so many acronyms. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, family hates me for it. Oh my gosh, because it becomes like a second language to us as we just like live this life, but so confusing at first. But anyway, in CAPS, clinical and professional skills, one of the first lessons was about listening and how to listen to people and let your patient tell their story and like for healthcare providers and then also just i mean for me in personal conversations just like we want to interrupt we want to relate our experiences to other people because like that's exciting human beings love connection but for me like and i'm a talker like that was just a good reminder to like well like you don't matter right now let them say their piece so yeah there's a difference between connecting with your patients based on shared experience Mm -hmm. versus making your encounter with them about you yeah i imagine like they come to you because they know you know this stuff like they know that you can relate in some way or help them they don't need to hear the, I don't know. The yeah. details you can yeah. you can be like, yeah. oh yeah, I've had something similar happen to me. I understand. Yeah. How have your interactions with peers and faculty shaped your experiences? Well, I mean, it convinced me to chop my hair off. I mean, there was that. <laughs> <laughs> the faculty are great. You have literally reshaped your head. I literally reshaped my head. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Audra for uh, the okay. snacks in OSAC. Oh, and um, just conversation. And being Woman's an amazing mm-hmm. human being. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel a whole lot more comfortable talking to people in that are, like, supposed to be, quote, unquote, superior to me. But, like, our professors, colleagues. our professors are, like, super chill mm-hmm. and very approachable. That's one thing that I wasn't expecting, actually. I wasn't sure that all of our professors were going to be approachable humans but the vast majority of them are i feel like oh yeah that's good to hear yeah Yeah. that's been my sense as well i would agree with that statement you know sometimes clinicians get a bad rap of just like being you know mean and barking orders all the time and 
just yelling individuals. But no, all of our professors have, for the most part, been really good about, you know, answering questions whenever you have any. Like, they encourage you to ask questions and be curious about what they're teaching you on is because all of our lectures are taught, like, each subject is taught by somebody who's in that field and works with those that like subset of patients every day. So we don't have the same lecture, each lecture that we have. And I think that fosters a really good environment in regards to communication as well. So like, we're not nervous to ask them questions and then they can answer them to whatever degree they would like. So that's been really helpful. Yeah, I know they do try to be pretty accessible to you guys Yeah, and, yep. and open and that's, yeah, that's always helpful. I hope it's that way. At, all medical schools because I can't imagine how you would do this without the strong support of everybody Mm -hmm. around you. And just like belief that we can do it. You know, like they, I mean, again, PA student here and like our faculty is, I will never stop singing the praises of the people in that office. And then my interactions with the medic, like MD professionals also, like they, they want to draw out the best in you. They want to challenge you. And like, if you're willing to like take that plunge, like they're going to be there to walk that with you. And that's just been really inspiring, I think. And someday we can be that for people too. Yeah. I mean, that's my goal. It's interesting that you mentioned clinicians who, you know, bark and all that kind of stuff. And I think sometimes that's born out of, you know, the need to get something done right now. <laughs> kind of thing, right? We are doers. I mean, we have to, well, I mean, there are things that you have to do right now, <laughs> yes. right? Like, or, you know, or maybe if you don't get out of the way, there's going to be a problem. And so they'll, you know, they might take a, a tone with you that you might not otherwise appreciate. But I think it's usually just out of, you know, the need to have something happen right now. Yeah. I was reading a book called Crucial Conversations. I don't remember who by, but like just one of the lines and I'm going to paraphrase, but it really stuck out to me, but like, you know, the electrical circuitry in your brain, like for having a thought, right? Like electricity travels quickly, gets to the places in the brain that tell them to release like hormones so that you feel the feelings, whether they're bad or good. So, I mean, in that instance with the clinicians that have like snapped or in like any of our lives where we just react in a way that isn't the best. I think when you are around a person that has behaved that way, just like allow the chemicals, the hormones to catch up with the electricity. I think. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think yeah. You know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Give yourself a few minutes to. Yeah. So that like you know, the blood your, can yeah. just like circulate more and clear all that stuff out. <laughs> and then like they're hopefully baseline again. It's like how if you have an anxiety attack or if yeah. you're, or you're, you suddenly become afraid of something, it takes what? like 15 minutes for that feeling to fade so that you can- uh, what did we learn first me- like i always thought like if you're feeling anxious like take deep breaths in right but we learned like it's actually on the lengthy exhale that's what slows your heart rate down does that actually yes. what is that is that like is there some of the pressure someone you Help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look to Olivia for everything. Uh, science, science girl. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know it, what the word is for it, but if listeners at home, you would like to try this, check your pulse and breathe in and you'll notice that your heart rate increases mm-hmm. and then breathe out really slowly and you'll notice that it decreases. And so one of the techniques that a lot of psychologists use is called box breathing where you breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, and hold for four seconds. And the goal of that is to activate your parasympathetic nervous system uh, so that you can calm down. It also slows your heart rate really nicely. You did it. 
15. So Olivia and I actually met, we were anatomy lab partners. So I guess shout out to Dr. Pizzamenti for that. But yeah, random chance. And then, like I said, these two here are like We're living together best friends. Here. Yes, we are. Yes, with her cat. With my oh. cat. And our plants. What's your cat's name? Callie. Cute. She's scary. also also called Lump. Did you say she's scary? She's scary. <laughs> okay, so my cat has really severe anxiety. Um, also, Katie's you very You should tell her to, to take cats. a breath. Yeah, I'm not a cat girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. I live below. Like, okay. floor below. But, so she has such bad anxiety that she lives inside of my bed under the covers and no one knows how she breathes and doesn't wow asphyxiate (laughs) that's going on the word list (laughs) yeah that'll go on the word list my pronunciation list as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah so apparently she's scary she's (laughs) flatulent She, she sounds like coming. not scary. She's, she's not uh, scary. Is she sounds like not scary. Bonded to you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like as soon as I lay down and like turn out oh. the lights or take a nap or whatever, she's completely a different cat. She sounds more scared of you, Katie, than I don't like cats. A, okay. She oh, probably okay. All right. Yeah. Now it comes out. Well, yeah. You're in the wrong room. Cats don't like me either. <laughs> Hey, at least she's on it. It's okay. She likes dogs, though. She I do. Is. I have an animal hater. Yeah, no, I'm not an yeah. animal hater. Yeah. Just, yeah. just cats. Her dog's lovely. Yes. Thank you. They, she and her boyfriend rescued Lou. So I did. We How was it owning a pet? How is it owning pets in medical school? I mean, Callie's really easy. Yeah. Lou is not. She. <laughs> so we went in to get a an adult dude dog we walked Mail? in with a, an adult yeah. dude dog <laughs> yeah. nick wanted a boy and i was like whatever and we walked out with a like six month old female puppy uh, <laughs> it has been puppies are hard to resist yeah they are they really are she is she's very high energy let's put it that way she's a lab jack russell terrier loves to run she Ooh. likes to eat she caught a chipmunk the other day Fair. up on the hill we're gonna have to give you a picture was that going along with the eating thing did she eat it well, oh no, I pulled her away before she could like, but I could hear it like dying in her mouth. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I have seen, uh, I have seen pictures of your dog because you sent, you sent them. You sent oh, them. right. Oh, you oh, see yes. pictures of my dog. Yes, because I'm not a selfie girl. You gave me two selfies. So, so listeners, I asked them to provide me selfies <laughs> so that I can use them in the video thumbnails. What does that even mean? It means just for the video, like on YouTube, you know, how, yeah. how they have the thing that you see, like. Oh. So I asked people to provide me with with selfies, and I you guys did exactly what I asked. And Katie <laughs> sent me two selfies and then six pictures of her dog. Yes, I'm not a selfie girl. We actually, I think it was you that I texted. Yeah, or you texted me, and you're like, "Those selfies are not your facial expressions." People think I'm intimidating and scary, not approachable. Which I, I mean, the word used. She's a tough cookie. And she has an RBF. Yeah, I do. But okay. she's a marshmallow. I do. Okay. Uh, no, actually, I'm totally just kidding. She is not. I'm kidding. I did not mean that. So, so I was like trying to figure out what I was going to do for these selfies that you wanted. And then I found cute pictures of my dog making the same faces. So I was like, ah. <laughs> Thumbnail can be pets. I mean, they might be this week. I've made a decision, but. She's a lot cuter than I am. So. Uh, I disagree. But she's awfully cute. Yeah. <laughs> it gets better. The puppy thing gets better. Yeah, she it does. As long as she stops eating the spiders, we'll be great. Oh. I don't eat spiders. She can take care of the spiders for you. Yeah, doesn't that... Well, isn't she that... likes to play with them first. Oh, right. She, like, bats <laughs> them around with her paw. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. And Not... then she'll eat them. Yeah. yeah. No. 
No thanks. Well, I take them outside. Not like it saves the bugs. Yeah. No. They, we I save know. bugs. We no, save all things. No, no. Well, I am glad you made it through your first year. Through your first year. <laughs> <I'm still. laughs> I'm glad you're still with us in the College of Medicine and and seem to have thrived to some extent. Well and done. And through their first podcast. And through their first yeah. podcast. I've been saying I was going to do this. What I yell Literally you down Literally since day one. Yeah. Yeah. She's been, and then she flaked on you, Dave. Yeah. I did. But then I rose to the occasion and I helped you out, didn't you I? You sure did. I did. I you did. You sure did. Dave, why didn't the MD students get the email? They did. Well, well only because I told only you after. you didn't send it to them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Do why you did just the like them better? No, I, I honestly, I had gotten halfway through the thing that I wanted to do and then I had to leave. Oh, that's fair. Work. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just do it tomorrow. But okay. then Faith friggin' called me out and was like, <laughs> Well, what about the M1 students? They all said that they didn't get this email. I'm like, well, well thank God goodness. Damn it. <laughs> uh, we thought you were just calling out all the PA students instead of the, yeah. you know, because there's well, only the 25 the of them. The M2s and the M3s got an email as well. I okay. Oh, okay, good. Gotcha. I will be but, making yeah. a return. Don't you worry. I'm glad. Careful what you wish for. I'm glad. You didn't give me first semester. Now you're going to get too much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too much. Go look for less. I'm glad to hear that. I have you for another, what? She signed up for two more. Nine months. Nine possible months. Wow. I just. Wait, what is the right number? Six possible. Six possible months between now and transitions. Yeah. Six months is when. Yeah. January. Right. Yeah. I guess there's six. Yeah. I look forward to it. That's our show. Olivia, Katie, Faith, Rachel, thanks for being on the show with us today. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Yeah. And what kind of fragrant man swine would I be if I didn't thank you, Short Coats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new and you like what you heard today, you know what to do. We're everywhere. Follow the show wherever you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, places like that. The show is made possible by Janitor Nation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying, don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance.